0: Hello again for our little 11 o'clock reflection, and it's a continuation of what I was saying uh, during the Mass about the fact and the extent of God's love for us. It's a reflection based on some of the writing of the great American Jesuit Father Walter J. Bargat. Some of you might be familiar with him, even though I may not be pronouncing his name correctly. This is more of a reflection rather than a talk or a lecture. For us who are Catholic, there is no escaping the cross. We are surrounded with images of the cross, in Ireland certainly. On our walls, on our rosary beads, on chains around people's necks, on the side of the road, in graveyards and cemeteries, in our churches, in wooden and metal and stone form. We make the sign of the cross at the beginning and end of prayer, of worship, when we pass a church or a graveyard. Our funeral procession. The cross, for those of us who are Catholic, those of us Christian, is a feature of our lives, such a common aspect of our lives that it can lose something of its potency, its impact. Saint Alphonsus tells us that the cross of Christ is the supreme example of God's crazy love. So today, I invite you to look closely at the cross of Christ. If there's one in your line of vision or if you have a bead with you, what does the cross of Christ say to you? What does it mean for us Christians? What does it tell us about God? It tells us five things at least I think five fabulous facts that should lead us to marvel and muse and give pause the first fact the cross tells us is this God died on that drab afternoon roughly Two thousand years ago, your God and my God died. Of course, death could not destroy the divinity. Uh, The Trinity was not suddenly reduced to two persons, nor did we temporarily suddenly become godless, but still it is true God died. God was on the cross of Calvary, and God died. If there is one mystery harder to grasp than God was born, it is the mystery, God died. But God did die, died for us. The second fact the cross tells us, Jesus really suffered. We mustn't imagine that because Jesus was divine, he felt pain less than we do, that it kind of washed over him, that he was merely going through the motions. If anything, he suffered more deeply, more intensely. Because he was God, he was even more sensitive more alive too, more in tune with everything human. Crucifixion, as we know, was a cruel method of execution. The crown on his head was made of real thorns. A tough whip made his back flinch. It was warm spit that spattered his face. Those were sharp Nails that pierced his hands and feet. The blood dripping from his wounds was real blood. Little wonder that he called out in the garden, Father, take this cup away from me. God, spare me. Don't let me die. Jesus' suffering was real. Third fact about the cross. Jesus suffered and died for us, for me. As Saint Paul says in the letter to the Galatians, the Son of God gave himself for me. He didn't die for an amorphous, misty mass called humanity. He died for every single one of us individually. He died for Judas, as well as for Peter, for Mary of Magdala, as well as for Mary of Nazareth. He died for both thieves who were crucified with him, even for the one who kept cursing him. He died for Hitler, as well as for Maximilian Kolbe, for the apostate, as well as for the canonized saint in Rome. He died for me as if Christ and his cross had arms only for me. He died for every sinner and for every sin from the dawn of creation till his final coming. He died for us. Fourth fact, the cross tells us, Jesus died for me because he loved me. As I said in the homily earlier, Jesus died out of love for me personally. He did not have to die. He could have chosen not to. He could have rejected the cup. In John's Gospel he says, No one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own free will. St. Paul has no doubt about the reason. The Son of God loved me. God is love, St. John tells us in his letter. It's so hard to accept that God should have died for love of me. Frail, broken, miserable, narcissistic, screwed up, anonymous, little old me. But he did. He died for me out of love. Fifth fact the cross tells us. Jesus died to give me life. Jesus' death gives me life. His whole life was life-giving. Everything Jesus did was life-giving, but the cross is the centerpiece. Without his death, I would be dead. Without his death and resurrection, there would be no hope for me. Without his death and resurrection, I would still be in my sins. There would be no future, no hope of redemption nothing to look forward to for me or for humanity. What does the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ mean? In a word, the resurrection of Christ means the death of death. The resurrection of Christ means that death ceases to be our enemy. The resurrection of Christ means that death is not the end anymore. No, the end is life. Our end is life. Our destiny is life. When we die, we do not pass from life to death. We pass from life to life. Extraordinary good news. His death means I live. The cross, the symbol of death, becomes our symbol of life. Five facts the cross reveals. God died a painful death for me out of love to give me life. Wonderfully consoling. In fact, it's breathtaking. God died a painful death for me out of love to give me life. It deserves a response from me. More than that, it demands a response from me, from each of us. What should our response be? First, I think, simply to acknowledge it, to ponder on it, to let it sink in. As I've said, we can be so familiar with the story of the passion and death of Jesus that it loses its power to strike us. We can get more emotional about a hurling match or a piece of music and that God died for us. I know very often I get far more passionate about Liverpool Football Club and Limerick GAA than about the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus my Lord. So when you see a cross or crucifix today, large or small, think about what it means. Celebrate those five fabulous facts. God died a painful death for me out of love to give me life. Remember and give thanks. Second thing to remember is that the cross is our hope and we need hope God has entered into our humanity in the fullest way possible, experiencing all the highs and lows of the human condition. In the words of St. Paul, Christ emptied himself to take on the form of a slave and became as human beings are. And being as human beings are, he was humbler yet even to accepting death, death, On a cross. What that means is that God knows suffering. God is intimate with disappointment and pain. God is familiar with rejection and despair. God the Father felt the pain of his Son on the cross just as any loving parent feels the pain of a child of theirs who suffers. God is not some distant, dispassionate deity, no matter what Nancy Griffith might say in her song. But God is one who can identify with us in the midst of everything and at all times. And therefore, we can bring all our pain, our anxieties, our disappointments, our sorrows, our hopes to him. Though an object of ridicule for many, though just a piece of jewellery, a fashion accessory for others. For us Christians, the cross tells us not only about our God, but what our God is like. And it is our hope. And that's what I'm called to do, to hold on to that hope. Despite everything, to die every day, to keep to to what keeps me from Christ. Only by dying to self can I truly live. Christ is the revelation in a human face of what God is like, and we grow in knowledge and understanding of God by listening to the words of Jesus and taking in what he does and then trying to follow his example for Jesus to live was to love that's why he ended up crucified the key to both our individual and social flowering lies in Jesus' commandment love one another as I have loved you the third way To respond to these five fabulous facts about the cross is to return God's love for us by following Jesus as faithfully as we can day in and day out. It means, as I said, dying every day to what keeps me from Christ. The words of Jesus are raw, uncompromising, If you want to follow me, he says, if you want to be my disciple, you must take up your cross every day. If you want to save your life, you must give it in service to others. Now and again, I like to watch an old film on YouTube. The other night I watched Schindler's List first time I watched it in about 15 years. It's not a film one can watch very often because it's so powerful. I cried at the end of it. You know the story of Oscar Schindler how a Nazi, a war profiteer a war criminal Gave up everything he had to save as many Jews as he could. Somehow in the midst of the awful depravity taking place in Poland at that time, he saw these people as his sisters and brothers. He recognized their humanity and he treated them with love, gave all for them. Why did he do it? Why did he give up what he had for people who were strangers, who didn't count? He did it out of love, out of the best sense of humanity that you can have. He mightn't have expressed it as such, but he was following Jesus' example, taking up his cross so that others might live. Think again about those five fabulous facts the cross of Christ tells us. God died a painful death for me out of love to give me life. This truth is more extraordinary, more mind-blowing, more jaw-dropping than anything you will ever find in Ripley's Believe It or Not or in any of the great works of fiction. It is right that we should celebrate and give thanks, not just as we do every year during Holy Week and Easter, but that we do it every week and every day. God died a painful death for me out of love to give me life. That's the God we believe in.